Hello, folks, and welcome back once again to the best show in junior hockey with the worst gosh darn puns of all time. If you're a fan of puns, I apologize in advance, and I apologize in the past for anyone who's watched a game that we've broadcasted, listened to a podcast we've done, or just talked to us for more than five minutes in person because you have been the unfortunate victim of one of our terrible puns. And there's no puns worse than those created by the man I'm about to introduce, the king of the Dan K show, soon to be king of the world. It's Dan K. Dan, welcome. Lucas, thank you. This is the first negative introduction I've gotten on the Dan K show's audio podcast, the Dan K show presents junior hockey. I'm excited to be here, but I'm really excited to be here, not because of the game of hockey, but because of who our guest is this week. I'm always pumped by the game of hockey. But I'm even more pumped to have the man, the myth, and, you know, some say legend on the show today with us from the Rum River Mallards, it's head coach, Tristan Jensen. Coach, what is going on with you today? Nothing much. Just, you know, living the dream. Can't beat it, right? Hockey's back and uh, we're getting towards the season. So I'm excited as it gets. The ice is frozen. The lines are drawn, and we are ready to get back to hockey. Before we get back to hockey, though, we got to pay those bills like we do every week on the Dan K Show presents Junior Hockey. we got to give our reviews. We're going to get back with Coach Tristan Jensen in the free skate in about four minutes, I'd say, Lucas. Do you think we can keep that at time? If, it's, if I have anything to do with it, I'm going to probably double that time and make it eight. But let's see what we can do. Lucas, your review for the hockey parents at home this week. Well, Dan, I've got uh... – I, th- I think I've got it what everybody else has right now, which is with the dog days of summer are in full swing in New Jersey. The stay at home order has been lifted and we're back at the beach, socially distanced. We're masked up in restaurants, but you're outside. There's nothing that hits the spot quite like a cold beer. So I thought this week I would review my favorite light beer. Now there are the three big ones. There's Bud Light, Coors Light, Miller Light. I know there's Jenny Light's. I know that PBR makes a light beer. Yingling makes a light beer. But we're going to go with the big three here. I'm going to let you guys in on the secret. My favorite light beer is a Miller Light. It is a fine Pilsner beer. Comes in at that around 4.5%, that, that perfect Pilsner ABV. And I'll tell you why it's my favorite light beer. You want to talk about a beer for the people? That's what Miller Light is. It, it hits that sweet spot where, yeah, you can have one or two and relax after a hockey game out on the patio at a hotel. But, you know, if you're still in that sort of, uh, sort of middle of the day mode, you can have a few. You can take, uh, take some time, sober up, and you'll be just fine. It's got great flavor. You can really taste some of that, a little bit of that German heritage. It is a little yeastier than its uh, Bud Light and Coors Light components, but that's why I like Miller Light. It's got that little bit of a yeast breadiness, but it stays light. It doesn't fill you up. Bud Light, too sweet. Can't drink more than one of those. And Coors Light, I mean, that's just kind of watery. Miller Light hits that, that nice little crossroads and makes it the perfect drinking light beer. Before I ask you your score, I have a bone to pick with you, Lucas, because about I, I was looking at my time hop a couple of days ago. I think it was like eight, nine years ago now. You were working on a beer and pop culture podcast that I was a guest on before I bothered you and forced you to become a member of the Dan K Show here. And you became the savant, the technical savant, the behind-the-scenes guy, the on-the-scenes guy, the bench interviewer, the, the, the accoutrement, the, the man who makes it all happen. 
on the Dan K show. Now, basically, I mean, the Dan K show is a Lucas J show. But before that all happened, I wanted to review a PBR on your podcast. And you said, no, sir, that it was, it was beneath, beneath the need of review. <laughs> and today you just reviewed, for the first time in the history of reviews, a Miller Lite. How did that happen? Well, you know, it, it's a combination of, uh, I think, I suspect your influence, Dan, uh, <laughs> which has, has warmed its way in. But, you know, we, we had a rebrand, right? We, we had a rebrand of, of the, the beer reviews, and I wanted to review beers that are accessible. And I think that the big three is an argument, because when you go to a party, you know, there's always somebody who's like, oh, man, Coors Light, oh, man, Bud Light. So I thought I would throw my hat into the ring and tell the folks why I think Miller Lite is the best beer out of that trio. I like it. What's the score? Uh, this is a perfectly serviceable beer. It's got that, that little hint of German heritage. I'm going to go ahead and give this one a, a 6.5, Dan. It's perfectly serviceable. It's the best of the three, um, hands down. 6.5, what I lied in the program and said I was in college. I was not. I certainly am not 6.5, but I like to act like I am. <laughs> Let's go to my coffee review. Dan K, as you all know at home, runs on caffeine 24-7. I am Matt Foley in the basement getting ready to give a motivational speech. Let's go. This week, you talk about accessible, Lucas. Let's go to the most accessible little Starbucks again. I've done Starbucks earlier this year. I did the caramel roast that you can get in ShopRite. Today, I'm talking about a Starbucks that I just Uber eats to my house. And this is oh, Starbucks no. Blonde Roast. I got Starbucks Blonde Roast. And the reason why I Uber eats it, because I didn't want to get shamed for making them have to hand drip it because it's after four o'clock here on the East Coast right now. They do not serve it after four unless they do it by drip. And this time they dripped it. They brought me my blonde roast. I put a little cashew milk in it to cool it down so I could sip it for the show today. And I will tell you, Lucas, if I'm going Starbucks, if I'm going bougie, if I'm going the opposite of your beer review, it is the Starbucks blonde roast. This is just one that gets me every time Starbucks wins again. If you're willing to pay the extra couple quarters to get that big time high test cup of coffee, Starbucks is your answer and this blonde roast was my answer tonight that's an 8.2 on the richter scale which is one of my highest coffee scores ever given lucas i love this stuff well the the blonde roast is my go-to espresso when i get my uh my flat whites with coconut milk um that is uh that is definitely my roast and fun fact the lighter the roast the more caffeine content is in the coffee oh okay so there I had you no go. clue that's yeah. why I'm sprinting around my, uh, my place right now <laughs> as we do this. That might explain it. I mean, it might also be that you Uber eats what I only imagine is a 20-ounce cup of Starbucks Blonde Roast to your house. <laughs> I did, but I tip well. I tip well. You know, DoorDash, Uber Eats, folks, make sure you tip well. We're dealing with, we're dealing with a lot right now. But we're dealing with even more. The caffeine was not needed to get excited about tonight's podcast. We got a big one. This one, you talk about an 8.2 coffee review. How about this one? This is 10.0 on the Richter scale right now, folks. We've got Tristan Jensen of the Rum River Mallards. It's time for the free skate. It's time to introduce him in. It's time to talk to Coach Jensen. A little bit about life right now. And Coach, what I want to find out, it's been such a long offseason for a lot of folks, man. It was an offseason that started sooner than we all would have liked. We've been dealing with lack of ice, lack of ability to get out there. But 
We finally got a chance to see you out in Chicago. How did that combine go for you? Oh, well, 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 we definitely, uh, you know, we got sprung into it a little bit. I know for myself, this is my first big recruiting cycle. So, uh, you know, definitely uh, got thrown to the wolves. And I mean, you have so many great teams and great recruiters out recruiting great hockey players. Um, so you definitely have to learn on the fly and uh, try to uh, separate yourself in, in some sort of fashion. And now, Coach, we saw you out there on the ice. Before I get into your background there, because you just mentioned your first recruiting cycle. We're going to get into you in a second. But I got to talk to you. I see the goalie session going on out there. Obviously, a lot of, a lot of scrimmages going on, a lot of ice hockey battles. Folks got to watch us on the bench with you and Coach McCrimmon there during one of those. But during the goaltender session, you kind of took over there and you led that thing. Can you walk us through what a player should expect at a combine when Coach Jensen's running you through the goalie training? Well, I, you know, it's kind of the same thing that I'm going to tell you is what I told him on the ice. Just go out and play your game, you know. Uh, all of these drills are, are, are designed to help coaches see, uh, you know, the best things in you. So uh, for a player, just expect to come in and compete. Come in to play your game, and whatever gets thrown your way, you're going to be fine. You know, everybody there is a good hockey player, um, has either played high-level hockey or is looking to play high-level hockey. Uh, so just don't overthink it. You know, that's the big thing. That's the same way how I ran that skate is uh, our drills. They weren't anything too crazy, uh, but just simple things that we can pick up for, you know, anybody who's recruiting or, or coaching, looking to add players that they can pick up on the little things, see how in that example, goalies move, how they react to getting scored on. You know, they're going to be put into uncomfortable positions, uh, un uncomfortable situations. You know, are they, uh, you know, are they somebody who's competitive? Are they going to play that, that shot out to the last, you know, till, the, the whistle for the next shot or are, are they going to make the first save and that's that you know they made the save they were supposed to make so you can see a lot of different things there and just from me I, I want to help these kids uh, to bring out the best in them you know that's really it and now we talk about these kids right in the terms of a coach you're young you're young behind the bench and there's so much positivity at this level of the game in my mind that comes with having a young mind behind the bench a guy that gets it right you get what these guys are going through. You've been these guys, not decades ago, but years ago. Can you kind of introduce the folks at home, the Tristan Jensen? Can you let us know a little bit about your, your hockey background and how you got to where you are today, Coach? Yeah, no problem. I mean, I, I, I'm from, originally from uh, Metro Detroit, out, outside of the city, and uh, grew up, you know, being lucky enough. My parents were phenomenal and, and making sure that I got every single opportunity to go out to, and, and compete. Uh, on high level teams you know I was lucky enough to play with I think I, I think we did the math on like the 2014 draft class I played with trained with or played against like 14 draft picks in, in that season um, you know luckily for me and I'm glad that I realized it I knew I wasn't going to the NHL when I was eight years old you know when you start to play with those guys and you skate with those guys you see uh, you know they got it uh, and you don't necessarily have that you know the God-given talent as some people would say um, and so I just started to watch. I started to become a student of the game, um, try to pick up things from, uh, you know, different coaches that I've, I've played for, whether it be Bob Mantha, um, who's actually the head over at Bell Tire, or um, Brian Godbout over at uh, Troy Sting. He's running almost their whole entire program there. Um, you know, so many really good coaches, including Jason McCrimmon. I did play a couple of months for Jason over at Motor City. Uh, you know, which is phenomenal. I played, you know, a summer with Kenny Miller at, at, at the Cherokee. Um, I skated a ton 
in the summers with Randy Wilson over at Metro Jets and uh, Coach Q, uh, Coach Quinville. So, you know, what really has helped me is to become a student of the game. And that's, I started at a young age trying to learn. Um, and I just made sure to, uh, you know, pay attention every time that I got on the ice uh, with a coach, no matter what the level, uh, you know, the level I was playing at or, or uh, where I was wanting to go uh, with that playing ability. And, you know, I was lucky enough to play uh, at the best university in the country when it comes to ACHA. And I have no problem saying that, you know, so shout out to my guys over there. I was playing in October um, before I came out and took this job over at Saginaw Valley State University uh, under head coach Brendan Ryan, who has been a huge mentor for me. You know, anytime I need help, uh, you know, I need words of wisdom, I can give him a ring. Uh, so I kind of, you know, as, as a lot of my friends joke, I'm a suitcase. I've been around, I've been <laughs> all over the place. So. And, and coach, I mean, what I love about you, I mean, we had kind of talked originally and your story reminded me of mine, you know, it was, there was that moment in as a baseball player where I know I knew it wasn't going to happen for me. I got matched up with this guy. He's throwing mid nineties, high nineties. I beat him in a game. I throw a nice shutout. I'm feeling great. And I watch 12 scouts walk his way and I walk out of there alone. And I'm wondering to myself like, man, I don't think it's going to work out. I don't think I throw hard enough. I don't think the Yankees are looking for anybody throwing a heavy 83. You know, I don't think that's happening out there. And to see that, to pivot, to learn the game, to take in from mentors, like you talked about, like, from Bell Tire, you talk about Justin Quinville with the Metro Jets. You talk about a great like Jason McCrimmon behind the bench for the Motor City Hockey Club. And you look at you look at who you've learned from and you, and you understand your coaching style. You understand the way you look at the game and you see things out there on the ice for these players. And, and that's what I love. And now, can you talk to me a little bit about what's the as a guy who's played the game for young people, you played for a young coach like Jason McCrimmon. What is the perk of playing for a young coach like Tristan Jensen? Why come out? Why be a Rum River Mallard? Why put on the orange and purple? Well, I, I think the biggest thing is, is this is my life. I do this full time. You know, I'm not working a side job, um, you know, flipping burgers or anything, you know, or doing anything else that takes away from my time at the rink. So that means you have me, my players have access to me from 7 a.m. to 10 o'clock if they want it at night, you know. Um, it, which is huge. Uh, you know, it's me, I got a German shepherd puppy at home and that's about it, you know? So, so when it comes down to it, it, it helps with, you know, me going and searching and, and, and trying to help these kids as much as possible. Um, 24 seven on top of that. I mean, I was playing hockey in October of last year. Uh, sadly I had a knee injury that took me out and, you know, luckily I got this opportunity. So my passion for the game is still there just like a player's is. Uh, you know, so that's that's kind of some of my boys have seen that, um, you know, on the bench where I get fired up when we score a goal. You know, I get you know, you're going to hear me be a little upset if we get scored on. Right. Um, I, I, I go through the day to day emotions with my guys, you know, and it's not a it's not a from an understanding standpoint of just saying, hey, listen to my guys. Uh, you know, I understand what you're going through, but I really don't. It's yeah, I was going through that, you know, a year ago, six months ago. Uh, two years ago, whether it be juggling school, a work school and hockey schedule, you know, or coming to practice and yeah, you're in the dog days of the season and you're practicing five, four or five days a week. And it's just like, man, I don't want to be here right now. I, I know how to get that little extra out of those players just to say, hey, listen, we're, we're building for something more than ourselves and our team. So, you know, we got to stay locked in and continue to grow, get better, and hopefully win some hockey games uh, accordingly. And that's, and that's like, that's the look that 
these young athletes are looking for. It's the idea of the guy that understands the day in and day out. You know, the, we go up to Marty Quarters in, in your division out there in the Midwest West, the, one of the toughest divisions in the country, in the world, in junior hockey, man. That, that is one of the top, if not the. It is so tough to get out of that division every year. But you look at Marty Quarters, I mean, this guy with Grace's Family Restaurant, a sponsor of the Dan K show up there for the Cheese Curd Cup last year. And with that, Lucas, I think I just, I turned towards our next topic because the free skate's about to come to an end here. And I said a Cheese Curd Cup. And, you know, that's what the Hudson Havoc and the Wisconsin Rapids River Kings play for. But that just might be child's play at this point compared to what we have coming up next. And Lucas Jones is going to take it away with the Q&A and start things up as we talk about quack, 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 quack. Take it away, Lucas. Thanks, Dan. And, you know, so now this Q&A session, obviously we are going to have to talk the big things coming up for the Rum River Mallards. One of those things being a nice little series against a real tough team for a trophy of their own. But the first thing I want to talk about uh, with Coach Jensen is the unique situation surrounding your entry into this, this coaching job. And I remember, I think the first time that we had sort of met at a game and, you know, you came right up to us, you introduced yourself, you, you exuded this level of professionalism, which, you know, as, as, as young guys ourselves in the game, you know, everybody tells us that there are certain things to do and you walked up like you've been doing them for 20, 30 years. And I think that's one of the things that has allowed the Rum River Mallards to, to, it seems like grow leaps and bounds uh, since you arrived. But I want to start at the beginning for you. And I want you to, uh, I'd like you to talk about, you know, how did you become the coach of the Mallards? And it's kind of a unique situation. So talk about what it's like to be a young coach coming into a team the way you did. Well, I, I think the biggest thing, you know, step one was to come in and assess the situation for what it was. Um, you know, we had a really, really good team last year. And there were some things, you know, outside of those players' controls that they had to endure together. Um, and in that time with me coming in, you know, they were for each other to start off, not necessarily, they weren't playing for me, right? They were playing for each other. And that we started to butt heads as I started to implement some of the things uh, that I wanted to do. Um, what I then found was each kid had their own individual story. You know, we sit and talk, you know, you guys are interviewing me, but at the end of the day, this is about the kids, nobody else. Um, and, and so I'm going to take just a, a second to kind of highlight some of those guys in my room that battled adversity, you know, with switching coaches mid-season, um, whether it be, you know, in certain situations where we got into penalty trouble when I first got here, that was kind of a big MMO of our team, fighting through that adversity to win hockey games and, and grow as men to where by the time we got, you know, a month out from playoffs starting, we were rolling. Um, you know, my captain, Derek Becklin, who's returning next year, I can't say enough about the kid, you know what I'm saying? He took that room and he made sure that it was a family and everybody was taken care of nonstop. And when I came in, he was the first guy to come up, shake my hand and say, Hey, like, this is what's going on. If I had a question about a player, Derek Becklin had the answer for me, you know, and that was such a huge thing to have. We had a goalie like Austin Bartell, who in certain nights would be put, you know, really be put to the test on, you know, not only his ability as a hockey player, but his mental strain, right? You know, you're a goalie getting peppered and sometimes the team comes out a little flat and I'm taking my lumps learning how to get these guys going. Right. Um, my goalie, you know, in Austin Bartell just did a phenomenal job 
of right away stepping in and saying, Hey coach, I, I believe at some point Austin Bartell looked at me and said, don't worry about it. I got you. You know, um, Gage Renix, another returner who's been here for two years. He's coming back next year. Just a phenomenal locker room guy. He's in the room all the time, always supporting his teammates. I mean, I could go on and on about my guys that I have in the room uh, from last year that are returning this year. Um, as well as some of my guys that have left, whether it be Sam Voss, who's going to Utah State next year, uh, Peter Meyer going to Iowa, uh, Iowa State. Uh, my first, uh, you know, commitment, and really I say it's mine, but it's not. It's all Scotty. Uh, Scotty Moyer, number nine, he committed to play D3 NCA at Bethel University. And I couldn't be more proud of that kid because that kid just did so much in our room, off ice, on the ice, training to earn that opportunity. And I'm super excited to see what he has going. And I know I kind of just went on a rant there a little bit, but like I said, I could talk about my guys all day long, you know, because really at the end of the day, this is about the kids. This is why I do this. This is why you guys do what you do. Um, it's about giving these kids the best opportunity possible to succeed as well as develop as young men and hockey players. And, you know, you, you, you nailed it. You know, it's, it's all about the players. It's all about, you know, lifting them up and amplifying what they do and, and helping them to continue their careers. And, and I think what we saw was we saw the immediate effect in terms of what the Rum River Mallards were doing last season. And, you know, again, I think you, you've, you've just absolutely hit the nail on the head. It, it was a talented team that just needed a few things, right? And, and you brought that in and you guys were extremely competitive. You put together a hell of a run, you know, at the end of the season. And that build is what coaches dream of, that build from year to year. And, you know, speaking of the build, uh, that leads me into my next question is, if a player is looking for a team, you know, what are the Rum River Mallards looking for? We have a lot of coaches who talk about personality, certain skills. I know you've already mentioned being the player you want to be, but if, if somebody wants to, to tailor what kind of player and person they are to fit with the Mallards, what kind of player does that look like? I, I, I always say I, I want bulldogs. I, I want guys that are going to get in the corners. They're going to be physical. You know, um, you know, at the end of the day, you, you know, Herb Brooks said it best, right? You can't win on talent alone. Um, so, you know, I, I just want guys that are disciplined. They, they are going to come in, they're going to run the systems that we have in place. Um, yeah, we, we always leave room for creativity. You know, we, we like to go and score goals, but at the end of the day, uh, definitely in our division, when you're playing, you know, 36 games against, I, I I'll say it, the best tier three, uh, division in the country, whatever league it might be. Um, you gotta be, you gotta have something to fall back on. You know, you can't win every game off talent. Um, so, you know, just a disciplined, hardworking guy, a guy who likes to get gritty in the corners, um, can make some plays happen. But at the end of the day, just a guy who wants to be in our locker room every single day. I don't care what the talent level is. I, I don't care where that kid's hopes and dreams are going, right? But day one, you step into our locker room, you're here, you're locked in. And our staff, our players, we're going to do everything in our power to go ahead and help you get to where those dreams and those goals are as long as you're bought into our logo, you know what I'm saying? So really that's kind of the biggest thing is guys who just want to come in and they want to be workhorses, you know, bulldog kind of players. And, and with that, the success will come. And with that, you know, looks from higher, higher levels of junior hockey colleges. Um, you know, I would, I'll even say it in this league pro teams overseas, you know, um, you'll get your looks, you know? So that's just something that's always important, you know, for me is to find guys that are ready to come in and work from day one. All right, so we talked about building a team, and you mentioned the how good this division is. And 
you know, there's really no hiding it. There, there's no ifs, ands, or buts. That that Midwest division is one of the top in not just the USPHL, but in the entire country in terms of its effectiveness. So while Dan has a few questions about what's coming up this season, I want to talk about right now. Talk to the folks at home. Tell us what that team looks like right now. Because when we were talking at the Chicago showcase in, in Dyer, Indiana, you were pretty jazzed up about the way this Rum River team is coming together. Yeah, I mean, Luke is really the big thing that I can say is we're coming. Look out. Uh, you know, I, I got a lot of kids on this roster who uh, are kind of like myself, right? They got overlooked or, you know, they, they necessarily, their path has been a winding one to end up here. Um, you know, I got a lot of guys that are ready to come in with a little bit of chip on their shoulder to prove something, to say, hey, you know, we're, we're legit and, and we have something to offer here. So, you know, take notice kind of thing. Um, which helps for me on, on, you know, I am a young guy and I have a lot to prove still, you know, I, I, right now it's a lot of talk, but proofs in the pudding. And I like to think the pudding tastes good. So, uh, I'm, I'm hoping that we can go out and, uh, you know, really win a lot of hockey games and we're going to be built around, you know, discipline, some speed, physicality. Uh, I don't want to give too much away. Cause I know, you know, one of your guys' former guests, Brett Wall's probably listening right now, and and Jay and Chris <laughs> Walby and all these great Marty, uh, Marty Quarters, you know, all these great coaches in our division. So I don't want to give too much away, uh, you know, but uh, we're going to be, we're coming, you know, we're, we're, we're not, we're, we're not going to go to go away lately or uh, quietly, I should say. And now I jump in here because coach, I quacked before I quacked up. I got excited for this thing. Since you have released the Duck Cup, you've let folks know that come this season, there will be a new cup to be played for. One that is not fair nor foul, Lucas. It is, this thing is, I'll tell you what, you're going to have to be a mallard content to not care about this one. You're going to have to quack up to earn this one. You better duck because it's going to be hard hitting. Pucks are going to be high flying. It's the Duck Cup and it's the Dells Ducks taking on Coach Tristan Jensen and his Rum River Mallards for the absolute Averian domination. You are going to be the best duck-named squad in the country if you raise this cup. And I cannot wait. Coach, we've talked to you about it a little bit at some of our events with the Van K Show, but I really want to get into it today. How did this happen? How did this come to fruition? What made you guys launch the Duck Cup? Well, I remember watching the cheese curd cup and sitting there and I saw you bring the trophy out. Uh, and I went, I want one of those. <laughs> so, uh, it was just kind of like one of those things I was thinking, okay, well, wh what could we do? You know, we could do a battle for I 65 with or highway 65 with the moose or, you know, I try maybe do something with Hudson or, or the mullets or something along those lines. And then I was introduced to Sean Felzone. Um, younger guy coming in first year in and I thought you know what what a better way because that Dells program has been around since I played junior hockey in the old Minnesota junior hockey league um so they're coming in with a full rebrand and I looked at it and I said you know what I think me and Sean kind of have the same vision of what we want to do with this and what it's about um as well as the exposure for both of our programs would be phenomenal and it brings back an old kind of rivalry from the Minnesota Junior Hockey League, which is through the Wisconsin Dells and Isani, Minnesota, the old Minnesota Owls. So, you know, it just seemed kind of fitting and it seemed perfect. And I pitched it to Sean and I think we were on the phone for five minutes and he goes, I'm in. 
So, you know, it just kind of worked out. It came together and, and I couldn't be more excited for it. I'll tell you, these cup games are the best because you explained that conversation with Sean Falzone. We had this idea. Marty was in in about negative six seconds when we brought up the idea to him. I go to talk to Brett Wall about it with the Hudson Haddock when we're talking about the cheese curd cup. And I go, coach, I got an idea for you. Here's the name. Don't, don't cut me off right away. I was like, it's the cheese curd cup. He goes, oh, like the Flint Michigan Mega Bowl from Semi-Pro. I said, coach, we're on the same page. I think this thing's happening. And that's how it all came together. And with the Duck Cup, Coach Falzone, we got a chance to meet him out in Chicago. He's a guy who gets it as well. And I feel like you can see, you want to talk about the youth mentality coming to the game, this younger mindset coming to the game of hockey. A game that you hear so much, it's the, you know, the, the old way, right? It's like everybody, everybody's got that, that idea in the NHL where it's kind of like, eight jobs for seven people at times where it's like things are bouncing around. In this case, you can see coaches like yourself, coach Jensen, coaches like coach Falzone making the game fun. This is how the game becomes accessible. This is how you grow the game of hockey. And I can't wait to see this thing. How do you like for the fan at home, hockey TV, I've got a million things to watch in a given night. Why do I pop on the Duck Cup? What should I expect to see, and why is that the must-see matchup? Well, number one, I mean, I'm going to be breaking out the turtleneck in the 70s jacket to go with our uh, cream jerseys, our little throwback retros for that series. So, you know, just my fashion choices might be enough entertainment for the night. Um, on top of, I mean, it's going to be playoff hockey, playoff hockey in December, which is, which is phenomenal, you know. We're lucky enough in the place, in the town that we're located, we have so many people in our community that are just dedicated to our program, that love coming to games, you know, like love to pack our rink and make an atmosphere. You know, sometimes you see, uh, you know, rinks that have a ton of people in them, but it's quiet, right? The sound's not there. It's not that atmosphere. When you walk into David C. Johnson, Isani Civic Arena, and you see all these people, it's loud. It's, it's one of those things that all of a sudden you take a step back and you got to look and be like, I got to soak this in. So to have a special event where this year we're hosting it, I mean, it's entertainment enough. Honestly, yeah, watch it on hockey TV. If you can drive up to Isani, get your butt up here because it's going to be an absolute riot. This is a national event, ladies and gentlemen. This is going to be fun. You get out there in that Midwest West, you can see hard hitting. I remember my first time getting out to the Midwest. It's myself. And Brett Brunato, a former third-round pick of the Washington Caps, who was working for the league at the time, he and I head out to Detroit for the first time. We got a chance to see Jason McCrimmon's side. And he said, hey, we don't just hit. We hit through the boards. We don't hit into them. We hit through them. And literally in the second minute of the first period off the puck drop, hit right through the boards. Door opens up, outdoor game. Things were buzzing. Guy gets up, comes back into the rink, fired up. It was incredible hockey out there, folks. It's hard hitting. It's big time goal scoring. And coach, we talk about that style. We talk about, you mentioned the great coaches out there in the Midwest that you're competing with day in and day out. Doing that as the young man on the totem pole, right? I mean, as the Dan K show, we always talk about it. We've gotten to this media industry and you look at Look at how, who we compete with. We're the young guys, man. We're the guys who are scrapping and clawing, too. It's why we get each other, Coach. Can you talk about being the young guy? How do you learn from these coaches while beating them on the ice? Well, you know, I think the best part about our division is everybody's so open, you know. 
uh, I have no problem admitting, you know, my own faults. And sometimes, you know, not necessarily, I'm learning that I'm learning the ropes, uh, whether it be a guy like Chris Walby, who just, you know, has given me phone calls at the time and said like, Hey, try it this way, you know, or Marty quarters over at the river Kings, who's always willing to talk. If I have any questions when it comes to, you know, running and operating a team, um, Brett wall at Hudson, you know, phenomenal, uh, Jonathan over at the Moose. I mean, there's so many just great coaches. Nick down at Steel County. Uh, now Sean here with the Dells. Um, I mean, our whole division is made up of just good people, you know, that want to see success for not only our division and our league, but the players within it. Um, so, you know, for me, it, it's been phenomenal to learn from these people. And, you know, there's certain nights that, you know, we, we played Hudson, for example. Uh, the first time we played him, I think we lost 6-2. And I realized that Brett was line matching against me, right? I had never had that happen. I had never really gotten into that. The next time we play him, well, we're going tit for tat on, on, on line changes and making sure guys match up. And, and we pulled that one out in overtime, you know. So it's just, it's so great to be uh, across, you know, the penalty boxes and the score clock, you know, from these great coaches who I can learn from in the middle of a hockey game, as well as they're always open to take a phone call or an email to help me out in any way, shape or form. Uh, to learn the ins and outs of of the league, which then I can turn and, and give it my own little flair. As you guys both know, I like to kind of go, 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 and and put my own spin on everything that I can. Yeah, and and I think what's what's so incredible about that program and and what's coming up is is how much enthusiasm and how much energy there is, and it makes us excited. You know, it it gets us excited and it helps us when we can get jazzed up about something. Cause when we talk about it on the Dan K show, when we write those articles on Dan when we throw it up on the, on the schedule on social media pages, I think that excitement translates. And I think people, they get pretty excited over it too. Coach, I want to switch gears a little bit here. You mentioned earlier uh, your time in the ACHA, the ACHA. Um, and I, I did want to highlight that because Dan and I now for the last two years have been working, uh, have been working with the ACHA uh, specifically with the TSCHL, the tri-state collegiate hockey league. Um, we started with a university of Kentucky midnight game. Uh, producer Lena's alma mater uh, is the university of Kentucky. Then it grew into working the conference tournaments. And now we're looking at doing potentially a home and home with Louisville and Kentucky and you know, I, I'll be the first to admit that sometimes the ACHA gets has a certain image about it um, among the game of hockey. We've certainly heard it. Anyone who's been around the game of hockey has heard it. But that's just flat out not true. And, and Coach, I think it'd be interesting to hear your perspective on the ACHA and why it's such a, a great option, a great destination for so many reasons, not the least of which is the competitiveness of the hockey. Well, I, I think the biggest misconception that I, I, I really want to get across having this platform is don't look at the D1, D2, D3. Yes, you're going to have your cream of the crop in each, each one, but it, it really, a D1 team could lose to a D3 team. A, you know, a D2 team could go up and, and, and go down and beat a D3 team or vice versa, whatever it might be. These teams are built just independently, you know, um, sometimes the, the division system, you know, it turns people off to the ACHA. I know I played ACHA uh, D3 and I'm using air quotes. We played in the league with, you know, our league one, I, I believe it was like 12 of the last 15 national championships. We had a team playing in our, in our league two years ago that had 
uh, three Canadian major junior players on their team. Uh, I think it was two from the OHL and one from the Quebec major junior league. Uh, I know my team personally, we had kids who had played in the BCHL, uh, kids that had NA experience. Um, you know, this stuff in the ACHA, it's good hockey. It's really good hockey. Um, you know, and it started off as a, a lot of those top tier guys just going there to maybe go to school with their friends, right? Go school closer to home. Um, maybe not have to have the commitment and the grind of the NCAA. And it's now flourished into this uber competitive league of just super talented players that for some reason or another, whether it be financial, uh, just the situation of the school or, you know, deciding they want to be, you know, closer to home with their friends. Now a league that can compete with the NCAA D3. You see teams, look at Illinois, ACHA D1 team jumping to the NCAA Division I level. Penn State was like that years ago as well. Um, you see teams pop up and moving up uh, as time goes on. And that's another huge thing that people have to remember. The NCAA, to have a team in the NCAA, you have to have a rink on campus. So it could be as simple as a school just not having the funding to put a rink on their campus which is a multi-million dollar job, right? So it doesn't mean the hockey's any less better than you know, what you might think. Uh, don't get me wrong, in every league you have those teams that are you know, the stereotype of what people think of the ACHA, but I'd say 90% of that league is it's real college hockey. I mean, you see Bouchergras talk about it all the time on ESPN, club hockey is college hockey, you know? Yeah, I, I agree. I mean, I think the impression that's been made on us by what the ACHA has put together, um, you know, with our experience just in the TSCHL, but then being introduced to that broader world of, of the ACHA. And there's so many reasons why a player might go, you know, you, you said staying closer to home, financial reasons, maybe your major is not offered at a, a D1 or D3 NCAA school. You know, if, if you're going to college to play hockey, but to be prepared for life after college, the major becomes more important, right? And and this is something that I think we're able to push as well, especially because of, I think, Dan's experiences with playing sports in college, my experiences as a, as a high school and college tutor, preparing kids to get into college. There's so many reasons why a player might want to join the ACHA. I think and they're, they're just all incredibly valid. Uh, you know, and I think, I think, Coach, one more thing that I have for you is, does, does your experience as a player help you now as a coach with a, a year and some change under your belt here with the one of your first recruitment cycle, your first year, do you find your lessons learned as a player help you or have you sort of had to pivot and adapt? I think that's a really interesting question that maybe people don't think about. Well, I always present it like this after I get done sitting and talking to a kid, we'll use the combine. For example, you know, we set up on all these tables when I get done talking to a kid, I just think to myself, would I sign with that pitch? What would it take for me to sign a contract with myself kind of thing? Um, you know, as a player, all of these players, they want to come into a situation. They want to feel like a pro. You know, they want to walk into a professional locker room, professional facilities, have stick deals, have, you know, the apparel so that, you know, all those little things that sometimes get lost in translation outside of the hockey are huge, you know, that's on a recruiting cycle that I've learned. And as a player, I, I appreciate it. Uh, you know, playing at Saginaw Valley, we were lucky enough that we got taken care of over there. You know, we, we did, we had backpacks to wear around campus. You know what I'm saying? We had, you know, our jerseys were always, you know, the crispier, you know, jerseys, they looked good, right? 
um, our locker room was nice. You know, we got fans in the stands, all those little intangibles. When you walk around campus, people know who you are, right? So the big thing for me is to find that kind of atmosphere, put it in a bottle. How can I bring it here? And then when I go to recruit, am I going to, am I going to be somebody that's going to give these kids everything that they're looking for? And I mean, everything. Um, so, so that's kind of something I've learned. And, you know, I took my lumps. I missed out on some really good players early on. I just learning what I needed to do. And, you know, I started off going the traditional route of, Hey, this is what we have here. You know, we have things A and B and C to getting to know the kids, right. As a player, I love when coaches would just ask me about how my day's going. You know, sometimes I call prospective players just to see how their family's doing, how, how the player's doing, how they're staying in shape. And that's it. We don't even talk about the Rum River Mallards. It's just a conversation, um, you know, which is, which is a huge thing because at the end of the day, that's what it's like here. It's a family. It's, you can have these little conversations. And I know I kind of circled back around to, you know, our program a little bit, but, you know, that's really the big thing as a player, you want to feel like you're cared for, right? You want to feel like, the person who brought you in sees value potential and is willing to go run through a wall for you uh, when it comes to game day. And that's something that I try to bring to the table every single time I talk to one of my players or, or a guy I'm recruiting or, you know, whoever it might be. Coach, I, I just gave a Tiger Woods fist pump during that conversation from yourself there from, from the thought process you have there, that's something I have been screaming from a mountaintop for the last six years of the Dan K show. It's the idea of so many times we hear from folks, whether it's in the sport coaching world, whether it's in the, the teaching world, whether it's just in the world itself, talking about the young generation, the next generation, the, the group of guys coming through the game of hockey right now or any sport or any place in the world. And we hear about, ah oh man, like, it's tough to get through them. It's tough to, it's not. It's that exact plan, that exact ideology you just played out. They want to be cared for. They want to know that you care as a coach, that, that their ownership group cares, that they're not just writing checks, that they are finding sponsorship deals. They're creating a professional experience. When I walk into the rink, do, does my team care about me? I think about a team like like yourself, coach, and a, and a young coach like yourself who's been through it. I think about an organization like the Hampton Roads Whalers who have Chef Troy cooking up meals for the guys every weekend, and they have steak Sundays. I think about groups like Ryan Prue and the New Hampshire Monarchs who we talk to a ton, or Jim Hankel with Connecticut. I mean, it's an, it's forget about me. It, it's how are you doing today? How has your day been? Who are you? Not just what can you do for me on the ice. That's what these guys want to hear. That's what these parents want to know they're sending their players to. And I, I, that, that fires me up, Coach. Absolutely fires me up. And it, it moves me into this next question. And it's, it's one that kind of deals with the idea of, of what to expect as a hockey player when I'm gearing up for a game or I'm gearing up for a big event. You got the USPHL's Detroit Combine coming up here. And, Coach, you were heavily involved with the Chicago Combine talking with players, getting to know guys, helping players on the ice, running them through drills. I'm a player right now. I want to be seen by Coach Jensen, by Coach Walby. I want to be seen by Coach Brett Wall or Coach Marty Quarters. I want to be seen by NCDC coaches like Ryan Frew or Bill Flanagan or Toby Harris. I want to, I want to be seen by the big names, right, in the game of hockey. What should I be doing right now getting ready for that event, and what do I have to do when that event rolls around to open eyes like coach Jensen's? 
I think the number one thing is make yourself marketable, market yourself. Um, if you're going to this combine and you see, you know, all the different teams in this league, call the coach before you get there. Tell them, hey, I'm going to be at this event. I'm really interested in your program. Um, you know, let them talk about their program a little bit. Learn, go in with information already. Uh, and at the end of the day, and, I, and it's really only two things, right? Make yourself marketable, present yourself the right way, walk into the rink, you know, at a combine like that, know your surroundings. Don't walk in in a suit. You know, you, you don't want to be the overdresser, but also don't walk in, you know, wearing jeans and, and flip-flops like you're just here to, you know, go walk your dog. Present yourself. Show your ability as, you know, hey, I, I wear my athletic shorts and maybe a, a team-issued piece of apparel. Um, those things like that, those guys who look like they're locked in are going to be the first guys that are going to get talked to. And sometimes the first impression is, is the only impression that these coaches get because there are so many players and so many games going on. We can only be in so many places at once. Um, you know, the second thing is, is go, just go play your game. Don't overthink it. You know, nothing changes when you're playing the game of hockey between playing it at your home arena, at a practice on a Tuesday night and a combine in mid-July. Nothing changes. It's all the same. It's all hockey. So just go in and play your game. Don't overthink it and enjoy yourself. At the end of the day, this is a game. There are bigger things in life besides hockey, right? Um, so enjoy this time while you have that opportunity because, you know, you have a finite amount of time to go and play and a finite amount of time to go and do these events and, and broadcast yourself and your abilities as a hockey player. So go have fun with it. Go and enjoy every moment. Take a second, take a breath and soak it all in. And I can guarantee you, you're going to play the best hockey that you, you've played, you know, in your life, just because of the fact that you're not, you know, tight knit, you're not, you're not overthinking everything. You're just going out and playing your game. And, and that's when, that's when coaches get the best eyes on you, that your style of play, as well as, you know, who you are as a person and really, you know, how you approach the game is going to be a big determinant on getting a contract from a coach or not. Coach, I'm going to give you one last question before we hit the Lucas Jones, educational, academic, Dan can never remember the title corner where we teach kids a little bit. But before that, I got to ask you the final question that I ask everybody. Then I'll give you some time as Lucas talks. I need you to think of your parting words, your final words for the folks at home on this week's show. But before that, I'll ask you the same question I ask everybody. Why the Rum River Mallards? If I'm a player, if I'm a parent, if I'm looking for my next place to play, why do I come play for Coach Tristan Jensen and the Rum River Mallards? I think the biggest thing when you're looking for a team to play, whether this is a player or a parent listening, find the right fit. I'll say it right now. I, I, I have some guys that might not be a right fit and they won't play here. I have some guys that are the right fit. Whether that be for that kid, at the end of the day, it is about you, the player. Mom and dad, it's about your child, the right fit for their training schedule, the right fit for their schooling schedule, because at the end of the day, school comes first, always. Um, a right fit for your family, you know. Don't, sometimes kids, they'll travel all the way across the country where they don't see mom and dad until Christmas time. You know, find that right fit, that good mix, and you'll find a team that go, you know, a team that you're gonna have success on, that you're gonna be able to develop as a young man and as a player. Um, you know, for us, our big thing here is we're a family. You know, we always say it's a great day to be a Mallard because we're grateful for the opportunity to step out of the ice every single day and get better with our brothers by our side. 
by with our family there and our extended family, right? Uh, outside of mom and dad. But even for even for mom and dad, we want you to be in, in, as included as possible. So, you know, the big thing for us is, yeah, it's a family here. We start, we already have guys that have reported that are skating, you know, getting ready to go for the season. And we have parents that are coming and stopping by each week and sitting down and talking with me or players sitting down and talking with me, getting on the ice with me. We're a family here. And I think that's the biggest thing. And, and that's really my big selling point is I'm going to, I'm going to put just as much effort into your kid as your kid's going to put into me. So if I'm asking a kid to give you 110, I'm going to match his 110 without, uh, without hesitation, you know? So I think that's really our big thing here. I absolutely love it. Absolutely love it. Ladies and gentlemen, you got to learn more about the Rum River Mallards. We'll talk a little bit about that more. But before that, before we get to our parting words, we'll have Coach Jensen's parting words in a moment for all of you at home. Before that, go to the educational corner with the smartest man on the Dan K Show, which is not a great feat, but he's much smarter than you think. Just because I'm the other guy here, do not let that lessen his accomplishments in the educational field. It is Lucas Jones. On this week's educational corner, I want to highlight the fact that this is the right time to be having the, the difficult conversations around the uncomfortable topics. You know, a lot of players are choosing what will be the next four years of their life educational uh, in terms of the educational sense, in terms of the hockey sense, but sometimes the financial sense gets overlooked. So let's talk about money real quick. Money is a bit of a dirty word, but it's important. And I think it gets overlooked. I am 29 and a half. Dan has just had his 29th birthday. And we're still paying student loans, as are many friends of ours, both younger and older. So this college education that we talk about, that we talk about going to prepare yourself for the next level, getting a chance to play hockey, signing a piece of paper is easy, but repaying those loans is not easy. So the conversation can't just be about playing four years of hockey. The conversation has to be, what do I want to do with my time after hockey? Does that major put me into a job market that makes sense? Can I get a job? Can I find a way to finance it? I am certainly not going to discourage anybody from following their dreams. I was a double major in history and political science, and I taught for two years. That was what I wanted to do. I switched to tutoring after that because I found I wanted to do that more. But that's got to be the primary plan. The primary plan has to be if I'm going to end up paying $60,000, $100,000 back over the next 5, 10, 20 years, every time that payment processes, you should be able to look back at college and go, I made the right choice. That was worth it. And again, I don't want to scare anybody. I don't want to make anybody second guess themselves. But I want you to sit down and have that hard conversation with yourself, with older siblings, with parents, with coaches, if, if they're available to have that kind of conversation. Does this major, does this path, does my plan set me up for success 60, 80, $100,000 down the road? Lucas, that, that's incredible stuff right there. And, and that's something I talk to a lot of my mentees about in the sports management field. As somebody with a master in management of sports industries, yes, somehow they allowed me to get a master's. I don't <laughs> know how it happened, Lucas, still to this day. But as somebody who works with a lot of mentees, a lot of younger people getting into the sports management field, I mean, I hear a lot of athletes, Lucas, who say, 
you know, sports management. I love sports. I'm just going to get into sports management. They don't really understand what it is, right? And then all of a sudden it comes to it and it's like, hey, man, I need to know finance. I need to know business. I need to know analytics. I need to have an idea of how the mathematics of it all work. I need to be able to maybe market. I need to be able to get into the, the PR side of things. And they don't really have an idea of what they actually want to do. They just hear the word sports and they jump into it. So it's the idea, just like Lucas said, ladies and gentlemen, it's the idea of understanding exactly what we're getting into where we want to go, what we want to be, and how we take those steps to become that. I always am a champion of writing down in an envelope what you want to be in a week, what you want to be in a month, what you want to be in a year, and continually using that process. Open that envelope and find out if you're there. If you're not, buckle down and get it done. That's how we get things done. Destiny is no matter of chance. It's a matter of choice. And the destiny now of the Dan K Show is to go to Lucas Jones, parting words first, before we get to Coach Jensen. Lucas, take it away. Beautiful, Lucas. Beautiful job. That was wonderful. I love your thoughts. Really concise. I, I really think you put it together well, packaged it like a present. Coach Jensen, we've loved having you on this week. It's been an absolute honor to have you with us. We love working with you, and we can't wait to work with you a ton this year. It's going to be Tristan Jensen Central on the Dan K Show. Your parting words to the folks on this week's podcast. Well, thank you, Dan. And I think Lucas makes a very good point. And this statement is sometimes controversial. Whether it be in education, whether it be one day when you're working a job, or whether it be when you play sports, you're playing hockey, junior hockey specifically, always look at the situations of who is turning around and saying that you need to be grateful for them or you are, you know, you're getting this opportunity because of that person and look for those people instead who say, we're grateful to have you interested in our program, interested in our university. We're grateful to have you when they have you in that program or at that university or at they at that job, they take care of you. And I know sometimes that's a bugaboo with the, you know, the difference between the older generation and the younger generation. But always remember that when you're looking for a hockey team or a school or a job, go to the places that are going to be grateful for you as a person and what you bring to the table. I, I think that's the biggest thing. And th those are my parting words, uh, Dan. So Dan and Lucas, thank you again, though. I appreciate it. And it's always a pleasure working with you guys. Coach, we're going to have some cool stuff coming up with the Rummer Mallards this year. Folks, you're going to have to stay tuned for that. I don't break news in the podcast. We break news in more fun ways. So stay tuned. Keep your eyes peeled. We're going to have a ton coming up with the Mallards this year. But before that, we hit my parting words. Coach Jansen said it a ton, the word family. Each week I pick a word that I think ties in with our guest. This week I picked the word family. And it's not just the word family. It's forget about me. I love you. This is something that I championed as a pitching coach at a college, the same way Coach Jensen came right out of school, jumped right behind the bench. Same for Dan Keck. And forget about me, I love you, family. Put that everywhere we could as a pitching staff. The idea of I am only as good as the guy next to me. I am only as important as the guy who might feel the least important on a roster, on a team, in an organization, in your classroom, anywhere in the world today. And that is something that we see Coach Jensen do week in and week out. It's why we love chatting with him, why we love putting him on the show. It's something we see tons of coaches throughout the USPHL get done, but 
it's something so important to understand as a player. Family, forget about me. I love you. When you walk in that locker room day one, when you show up, as Coach Jensen said, they're starting to get in the ice. When you start walking into your locker room this year, if you're walking in for the 10th time, the 20th time, or the first time this month, remember that phrase, remember that idea, remember that ideology, that you're a family, and it is all about protecting family, battling with family, winning with family, losing with family, the highs and the lows, you stick together through thick and thin. That's how you raise a cup. That's how you win a title. And that's how you have a great, great year in junior hockey. And folks, it's going to be a great year. We can't wait. I can't wait. So much happening. So much in the works. Lucas, I might just commish in a photo of myself before the season starts up because I'm so excited to have this whole thing happen. When Dan Kay's on the mic, it's always hockey night. You want to know more about the Mallards, go to mallardsusphl.com. You can go find them on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. It's the Rumor River Mallards. You want to know more about the Dan K Show, you go to at the underscore Dan K Show, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. We are all over. We are everywhere. We're the most watched podcast in junior hockey, both audio and video. When you want the best, you come to the Dan K Show. Coach Tristan Jensen, one of the goats of the game, a huge future for this guy, folks. He doesn't sleep. This is like, this is Woody Hayes at like the beginning of it all. Like you, you're, you're getting into it. You got the buy-in early right now. Keep an eye out for the Rum River Mallards all year long. When Dan Kay's on the mic, it's always hockey night. Thanks for watching.